This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and we are here together. Chris Valente. Chris, how are you? I am great, Rob. How are you? Uh, it is good to talk to you again this week. You know what's funny is I was thinking about this. Um, I was listening to uh, the Trudneck interview and I describe you as like, oh yeah, there's this guy I was just talking to, Chris Valente, and we were talking about X, Y, and Z before we actually started uh, saying like, hey, we should do this together. I was doing it by solo. Yep. And uh, I started laughing. I was like, well... That's totally irrelevant right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the time has not uh, been kind to probably your podcast that you were doing before I jumped on board if you were talking about me as things have quite mightily changed in the past <laughs> well, month. Well, hell, remember, I did a, uh interview with you. I know, you interviewed like, me. You, we're going to keep that one in the vault. That's going to stay you. in the vault. That's going to be one of you do the 30 for 30 on us on ESPN. They'll bring that out. <laughs> we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to bring that one out uh, after. But... Um, I also want to say, so we're recording this, and it is uh, October 16th at 9 o'clock at night, and uh, the big news of the day was, how about the governor of Massachusetts retweeting front office features? I feel like we are uh, legitimate right now. So I, I was on Twitter this morning, and I saw Charlie Baker, the governor of Massachusetts, had posted an article referencing my alma mater, UMass, as being the number one postgraduate sports program in the country. And I just retweeted it off of the front office features account saying, hey, if you're interested in a sports management career, might as well go to the best, something along those lines. And I, I looked down at my phone about, I don't know, five minutes later in a text from you saying, did the governor of Massachusetts just retweet us? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I opened it up and I see Charlie Baker retweeted Twitter front office features. <laughs> Our Twitter was blowing up, and I was like, what is going on? It's like the governor of Massachusetts have, uh, have retweeted us. Hey, we'll take it. Hey, we'll, we'll take it. But I'll also say, though uh, your alma mater, UMass, is fantastic, nothing beats our great partner at San Diego State Sports MBA Program. Uh, they are our partner uh, here, and they are um, – uh, they're trying to get people to come out to lovely San Diego with classes starting in January. And there's still plenty of time to apply, Chris. You don't even have to start your application until November 1st. And I know that if back in the day when I was around that age looking to go to school or grad school or whatever, I would have waited till like Halloween to apply for uh, something. Not a good idea. First. Not the, be not not the best strategy, Rob. Not the best strategy. Uh, I am not condoning to do that. I am saying... Go do it now. And somewhere put on your application that Front Office Features sent us. They are the greatest podcast in the history of the world without the sponsorship 
of San Diego State Sports NBA program, they would have never even known that San Diego as a city existed. Well, listen, I will 1,000% agree that San Diego can one-up UMass all day long in January on multiple fronts. One of them Ain't being it. there's no cold front. So that would be <laughs> what a cheesy joke. That was a dad joke. That was the, can you add in? Was, can you, hold on. That was the worst joke. I, I gave you a little giggle there. But yeah, why would you laugh you, at that? That's not laughable. You, you got to add it. Can you add I, in? I a, just wanted to pass the time. That was awful. Give me some sound effect like boom, boom, boom after that joke when you when you go in and produce this. Because that was one of those. That was that was pathetic. I, I apologize was, to our listeners. That that was awful. Um Moving on. Terrible. We're moving on. We got to move on. Um, Go to sdsu.edu backslash smba uh, to get more information and not hear terrible Chris jokes. Like I said, the deadline to start your application is November first, and um, it's it's that will be uh, a great time in san diego if uh in, in January. look if you come uh, if you come and apply to our jobs after and we see a san diego state sports nba i will 1000 percent guarantee you an interview I, that is that is a mark seal delivered if i see san diego state university on your resume with an nba sports program i you're guarantee in. you i you will at least get an interview you're in they uh we have a san diego state sports nba grad joining us next week uh, the whole Jack Tipton, the whole story of how the San Diego State thing came together is coming full circle. I interviewed Jack on Friday afternoon. I'm anxious for that. I am uh, looking forward. I haven't seen Jack slash little Jackie Tipton. Little Jackie uh, Tipton. Since he's probably 6'5 and kicked the crap out of me. Um, and Irrelevant. Since I was in sixth grade when I moved from... Uh, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I'm sure I haven't seen him since then. And uh, it's going to be kind of surreal. Uh, if there's any program that my mom listens to, it's going to be the one about Jackie Tipton. I think I like I slept over at his house uh, back in the day. So, like, uh, I'm excited for that. And he's a San Diego State uh, sports MBA grad. I'm sure he went to SDSU dot edu backslash smba uh to learn more. well he was smart because san diego weather compared to pittsburgh weather in january same as amherst um head and shoulders above i mean there's really like we talked about this there's not a better place in january to be than san diego california it's wonderful it's wonderful it's wonderful you know what else um so this kind of week was last couple weeks um has been interesting for me chris um We've had, uh, I, I had my words from this podcast used against me, Ooh. Um, which wasn't great. Um, so there was a, a person. At least they're, they're listening. That means they're listening. They're listening. That's listening. That's good. Uh, but I said in a podcast uh, about, you know, when you're looking for a new job, what's the worst that can happen? And uh, they said to me, uh, hey, you said in your podcast, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then they used that against me about how they could come back home and uh, get a different job that was very similar, and they had to take this risk. And this is a person we really wanted to keep on our staff, but she's going to go out and kill it in uh, in Charlotte uh, for the AAA team there. And uh, she's not wrong. No, she's she's going to she she made the absolute right decision. It just hurts me because it hurts our business 
in in Pawtucket because she was so good. But that being said, we have a nice person to fit back in, and I think this is a good piece of advice. Um, our person who's filling in for a special events director is coming in, and she did two back-to-back internship years, right? She could have went and looked for the full-time job or got the full-time job somewhere else, uh, not doing it, but she really liked what she was doing. She felt like there was a future, and it ended up all working out. And uh, she put in the time, effort, and energy uh, to be able to earn her opportunity, and she did a, a great job. So, Hannah Butler, if you're listening, congratulations. Welcome to the team. And Grace Ang, if you're listening, uh, congratulations on your new gig uh, down in Charlotte. The folks in Charlotte uh, with the Charlotte Knights have a top-notch, first-class uh person coming down so that's so. Uh, that's interesting so so Han- i think you said hannah she, hannah did two internships in a row hannah did two internships was in she did had she already graduated or was she still in school when she did these two internships no she uh she graduated higher at the uh winter meetings i don't know, i think in orlando a couple years ago uh, another reason to go to the winter meetings if you're out there listening if you haven't booked that yet not that we're even promoting or selling for them but if you want to get a job in sports and baseball you should be going to the winter meetings. And again, where is it again this year, Rob? San Diego. Oh, look at I that. That's should... what we call a tie-in. Look at that. Yeah, uh, look at that. Well done. That, by the way, that makes up for your terrible Oh, yeah. That's very, I'll, I'll give up. That's I won't get my day job. So she did two internships post-grad with you. Right. And she wasn't making a lot of money. Uh, she's lucky she even got paid. Back when we were interns, they didn't even pay us, right? They used to like, oh, so maybe you get some college credit if you're lucky. So that's great. I mean, so talk about sacrifice and showing that you really want it by going to Pawtucket. Is she from the area? No, this actually ties in perfectly to your blog that you wrote. She uh, went to South Carolina and from down from that, uh, down that area. And uh, she's from that area. And uh, she was out, I think we were in Florida and, uh, and then she moved to Rhode Island to freeze her butt off in January and, uh, she has made a great name for herself, just worked her, just worked so hard. And uh, to see it come to fruition was uh, was great. But I think, too, your blog this week talked a lot about, you know, being geography and, you know, making sure that you uh, take risks about that. What, what was the, uh, what made you want to write that blog today? What, what, not, uh, not today, what made you want to write that blog this week? What came to mind was like, man, we got to talk about that. So, I mean, first, it definitely stems from I have a lot of conversations sometimes with internal employees on, on, the, on the internship side or the sales associate program or in general with college kids who are giving us that, that the first one I wrote is like tales all this time. People want to start their career and are focusing on New York City because that's where it all happens, which is fine and dandy. But um, the other reason I wrote it was it, it kind of triggered from – uh, Allison from I think University of Minnesota reached out to front office features and, and had a great question for us in regards to look I, I, I'm in Minnesota I'm not in a sports management program but I have a very uh, strong desire to get into the business and where I'm at there's three professional teams the Wild the Timberwolves um, and uh, the Vikings uh, without so limiting opportunity what do you suggest uh, but I'm willing to go and, and explore other opportunities. So I was like, well, first of all, the fact that she's willing to look outside of Minnesota is fantastic because sometimes people are afraid to take that leap and leave home, right? So like 
already she's ahead of the curve because she could be like Hannah, where I'm in South Carolina, I'm going to go up to Pawtucket. And our business, unfortunately, the biggest con by far, I think, from early in your career and then as you grow in your career is geographical geographical challenges due to the fact that there's only so many opportunities in so many cities. And it we, we always joke around like this is a small business. Everybody knows everybody. It's really small when you break it down. Um, and if you're only focused on one area of the place that you're willing to live, you're really going to hurt your chances of either getting in one and then moving up and continuing to stay in the business because you kind of have to go where the jobs are and they're not always going to be in your backyard. I agree. That's what uh, you've got to be willing to go somewhere. And the nice thing is you've got to, when you're looking at these things, a lot of times you're young and that makes it even easier, right? So my suggestion to everybody is to find their te- find their Battle Creek. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see what you did there. <laughs> see what I, did? I almost I wrote in the blog. I, wrote, I, mean, I, was t- I was talking to you. I was like, I almost wrote Battle Creek into the blog. And I was like, Battle Creek's got to make its way into everything in life. I was just like, ah, yeah, I, I, I was, it would have been, for, it would have been forced like my cold front joke. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, well, I think you're, you're, you're so right is if people are willing to go and take a look and say like, Hey, geography doesn't matter. I want to go out and explore the world. I also think maybe it's because a little personal information here. I've never lived anywhere longer than, um, six years in Omaha. So I was born in Pittsburgh and moved to Boston, moved to Mobile. So I moved to Boston when I was in sixth grade, moved to Mobile, Alabama, uh, in the middle of my sophomore year, moved back to Boston, um, middle of my senior year. And from there lived in uh, Houston, Battle Creek, Omaha, Scranton, Rhode Island. I'm only 38 years old. So uh, my parents live in New Hampshire now. Uh, they moved there when I was in college. So it's like, I think, maybe I'm just biased, that all of this makes you kind of a well-rounded person, right? So like you get to know how to interact with different people. You kind of figure out how to make friends. If you stay in the same spot, in the same town, in the same thing, you're going to naturally just kind of go to what feels comfortable, which is kind of your old friends, your old neighborhood, and you don't really experience you don't kind of go out on that ledge and uh experience the world and i think going out and moving around the country allows people to do that allows people to get uncomfortable i think sometimes uncomfortable is is good uh, is a good is a good thing yeah and um well think about it so you did all this mostly majority of moving in your 20s right right and but you and I are both in the same situation now where we have families and, and children and you're, you're not as flexible in terms of your career just because that's what happens. Life gets in the way and you're having decisions to make for more than just yourself. So even it could be the best opportunity in the world if the situation doesn't allow for you to go there because your child's in a school or your, or your spouse has a good job, it's not as clear cut as it was when you're in your 20s and it's just you and maybe your girlfriend or even if you're married at that point, because you're making decisions in a much higher level and it affects more than just yourself. So if you're going to do this and you're going to break into the business, go out there in your 20s, go where you want to, to, to explore, get the resume that's going to help you get back to the city that you ultimately want to be in. So when those opportunities arise, you may have had a much better 
path because you've had much better experience to your point. Like you might have excelled quicker because of the opportunity presented to yourself within that organization that when the, when the job opening is in Boston or New York or Chicago and it's a senior level position, you're qualified now and you can go home or whatever you want to call it because right. your resume is going to outdo the person who's been in New York stuck at the mid-manager position for the last 15 years. I think you're so right. And uh, it, it really does make the transition it makes i actually think it just makes you a more well-rounded colleague no matter if you're in like i said whether if you're in sales whether if you're in marketing or finance it doesn't matter it just gives you the ability to relate to people uh so whether like someone comes from the west coast be like hey yeah man i lived out in the west coast i lived in omaha nebraska for six years and you'd be surprised about the people say uh, you know, lived in the Midwest. Hey, man, I lived in the Midwest too. I think, but uh, I think it also like exposes you to your point of of more people and the way they think, and also the way they do business. So if you're in one organization for your career, which it's rare, you don't know anything different, right? So you've never seen a different way to do things. You might not have picked up on what's good, what's not. If you're only trained one specific way and I've only learned one way to do it, it's hard to have a broad horizon. I mean, like our our president Sam Kennedy was out in San Diego with Larry. He was working with the New York Yankees. Like he bounced around and went to different organizations. So he's been able to pick up what he likes, what he doesn't like to put into his own, his own um, way he does and runs the, the show. So it definitely broadens your horizons to your point. It makes you more cultured to be able to relate to folks all over the country and the world when you're having conversations, whether it be in sales, public relations, because you're not just this pigeonholed into this one area of, that you've always lived. I thoroughly agree. I thoroughly agree. Um, you know, uh, and I also think, too, uh, that this week uh, we had uh, Mike Trudnack on as a guest. And he talks a lot about um, his time. And he had a situation come up where he had the ability to go to Philadelphia uh, but his like track and field coach died when he was in college and he wanted to stay and dedicate the uh, season. He's just such a loyal guy. Uh, and he figured out a way. Uh, so I love the story that he told uh, was he said, you know, Chris, we talked a lot about like separating yourself, what makes you special. And he was a senior in college and goes, uh, he heard that the president of the AAA team that was outside, uh, that was in northeastern Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania the, used to be called the Red Barons, um, was coming and speaking to an all-freshman class. He was a senior. And he shows up to that class. It's like a, he said it was a night class. And all the freshmen are wearing hoodies and, you know, sweatpants and that kind of stuff. And he shows up in a full suit. Huh. And uh, he... Uh, talk about standing out. Talk about standing out. In fact, he even had a suit at college. is even impressive. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm not sure I had one. And he goes, uh, he said he tracked him down, and uh, he said, you know, it was Rick Montaigne, and he said, uh, Rick, I, I want to work for you. I think I can, you know, be a good fit for you. And he says, you showed up in a suit at a 6 o'clock freshman, uh, freshman class, I absolutely have to hire you. You're in. Start on Monday. And because he stood out, because he put in effort, he was able to get his foot in the door. And he just started. He was like, you know, typical intern, right? He's stuffing envelopes. He said he was like waiting for ticket sales guys' faxes to come in. Um, 
and he did it uh, knowing Mike, this is true, is he all did it with a smile on his face. Um, and I think we talked a little bit about, and I wanted to talk with this with you, Chris, was I've been told the phrase, there's two things in life you can control, effort and attitude. Yep. Right? If you give the proverbial 110% effort and you do it with a smile on your face, that'll take you like really far in that it's not things that are hard. You don't need to teach. People will teach you how to, you know, do social media, how to, uh, you know, do accounting, how to close a sale. But if you're not friendly and you're not willing to put in the effort, no one's going to help you with anything. No, and I think it goes back to one of our other key factors with what Mike did was be bold, do something different, right? Stand out. That's right. Like you could show up to class as everybody else and you can do the same old here's my resume and hope you hire me and I hope to contact you or you can wear a suit and go be aggressive and say I need to work for you. He asked for the job as a freshman in college, hence why he's now running the regional sales department for, for Learfield. So I think it just shows the kind of personalities that ascend to the top in this business is that you can't be afraid to, to take chances and, and have a make some, take some risk. And that's a great, I mean, th- think about that story. Like I wore a suit to my freshman year, six o'clock class, went up to a guy and said, I want to work for you. And you got hired. Right. Th- and the guy, and Trudnak was, <laughs> his thing he was most excited about was he got paid 50 bucks in gas or something like that. Yeah. And, and he's probably, but again, he was, he was doing something he loved and got to do it because he actually did something about it rather than just say, I hope it happens on, I'll go through my routine and I'll have my resume yada 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 and hope that this all works out but that's a that's like if anyone's out there listening that you're in college and you're trying to separate yourself just do it like do something that's again gonna make me remember you other than the typical I want to work in sports and I want to focus on New York City is where I want to land my next job okay great well uh you can call Rob now because I have nothing left to tell you (laughs) Um, I don't know. So if you haven't listened to the Trudnack interview, uh, Trudnack and I just bust each other's chops for the hour that we talk. Uh, him and I were one of those folks and he, uh, that we just, I don't know. You, you know how when you meet someone, Chris, you just like click. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's a guy that uh, I want to hang out with. And it was instant. And uh, his wife and my wife became friends and we you know, hung out, had dinner and all that good stuff. Uh, together, still hang out and talk. Uh, so it's also one of those things too. And I was, I referenced you, uh, like I said, I referenced you earlier, but before we knew we were talking about it, it was all about the, how do you know when you're in the good old days, that blog yep. that you wrote or originally. And in Scranton, it was like, you know, we were in those good old days and it's like, you had to go back and, and think about it. Uh, there and I, I know that I didn't do a good job of of realizing it there. But you kind of think back and it's like, yeah, those were, uh, those were uh, those were some good days. So uh, it's funny, like as, as they, not that we're old, but we're moving along in our career. You you start to some sometimes just reflect on those, and I I, I catch myself in the car, like just thinking back to the days where it was the minor leagues and it was picking up chuck pucks and doing all that stuff. And I, the stories, and I sometimes get on a text chain with some of my old colleagues, and we just start shooting the shit about, do you remember that? Do you remember this? And it's, th- those things don't seem to happen to me as much anymore just because, like, I don't probably end up in those situations due to life and circumstances. But there really is, like, 
goes back to the geographical thing. Most of the people I've ever worked with in my 20s were not from that city. I wasn't from Boston. I wasn't from Lowell. I wasn't from Albany, New York. We all then kind of came together in this place, formed this special bond. I mean, you and Mike have this now forever friendship because you were able to relate to each other when you got together. And no matter where you end up, that'll stay true. So that's where like, look, most of you probably didn't go to college in your backyard. And if you did, great. But if you didn't, you took a chance, you went away. Going into the workforce is no different at the same point. Like you've done all this work and did all the sacrifice at this point to get to this opportunity. Don't let it derail you by not being able to keep going and moving forward and taking that risk. I agree. Um, and a kind of total separate, uh, it's total separate conversation. One of the, th- and I think you're, you're, we're, we're right in, uh, the, in the general speaks, uh, general, uh, general words of saying like, be bold, go do your thing and like take a risk cause you can, cause you can. Um, but one of the things I get reached out to, I'm not sure you, uh, what you are as what you do as well is. During the week, it's like, hey, like, or during an interview, hey, what's the day-to-day like? Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just thought today, my day today was interesting. Yeah, you, I, uh, I saw you today. and you got. I saw, yeah. Normally, Chris is up in Boston, at Fenway. I'm down in Rhode Island or in Worcester and Pawtucket uh, doing our thing. And today, uh, we brought our staff out to, the entire staff, uh, out to Fenway Park, Gorgeous, by the way. By the way, no grass right now. They're ripping up the field and starting over. Yep. Uh, and uh, that was the first thing I noticed. Um, next year, there'll be a football field. It's when our bowl game, because now that we have the bowl game every year starting next year. So you'll see a football field down once the season ends. It's crazy. Uh, so we had a full day brainstorm session uh, led by our wonderful marketing director, Brooke Cooper. And it was all about it's. So in my situation, we are closing down McCoy Stadium, which is 78 years old, and we're moving to a new ballpark uh, an hour north uh, called Polar Park in Worcester. So it was all it was all focused on making sure we leave Pawtucket uh, properly. You know, we want it to be a celebration, uh, not a wake, and. Uh, I just thought you're doing it. You're doing it the right way. So when I was with the Devils, we left Lowell like in the middle of the night. (laughs) It was was like the Baltimore Colts. We We literally found out once the season ended, it was back and forth whether we were staying or going. And it was literally, oh, we got to pack up. Adios. We're gone. We didn't really get to say the farewell season. So I was going to ask you. So without sharing too much and giving too much away, it's obviously you guys are taking this serious because people there and and this is this is crazy. Like people in Pawtucket have only known. Most people alive have only ever known the Paw Sox being there. So it's going to be an emotional probably season for some folks to say goodbye after 78 years. Uh, how are you guys going to attack that to make sure that you do leave on good terms? I think it's all about creating excitement. Uh, one of the things that we just got approved for was our firework shows to make sure that we have there. I also think, too, that it's going to be important for people to share their memories and not have it be one-way communication, right? So we just don't want to be like, here are the memories of McCoy Stadium and take the longest game. They played the longest game ever in uh, baseball history is 33 innings, and it happened at McCoy Stadium in 1981. Uh, I wasn't born yet. Me, and, me neither. 
uh, yeah, I was born December of 81, not it happened in April. And um, so we want to make sure that it's this celebration uh, and we want to make sure people share their memories. We're doing a between innings promotion where you can share your uh, pictures, your video. We'll put them up on the video board. Uh, we'll have people talking about their memories. We'll have people talking about how much fun they had. We'll have people talking about playing the high school championship game there and uh, all the different uh, Hall of Famers that have played there, uh, all the different personalities that have come through there. Um, there was a there was one of the greatest games ever played there was like uh remember Mark the Bird Fidrich? Yeah. Against Dave Rigetti actually. Dave Rigetti. Huh. So Mark the Bird Fidrich for those who don't know was like a wild person. He used to like literally talk to the baseball. He would get on all his uh uh hands and knees and pat the dirt around the mound. Uh he would just be this wild person and long crazy hair. Uh anyway, uh, they, they threw, he threw like a complete game and struck out the last batter of a, uh, sold like overly packed, sold out crowd. Uh, anyway, so those types of things that elicit kind of the memories that I'm talking about, uh, are really going to focus, uh, be our focus for this year. Um, and I'll say this, everybody participated, uh, whether you were the warehouse guy, the concessions person, the marketing person. Um, the intern, uh, it didn't matter who you were, uh, you always had a voice. And um, I think that was important. Um, and then I also got to swing by and I swung by your brand new offices of FSM, which were fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're real, right? we're, uh, we're moving on up in the world. You are moving on up in the world. Those places that, uh, those offices were great. Uh, but anyway, I just thought, like, what do you do every day? Like, I thought today was a unique day where we got to go up to Fenway Park, the mothership and uh and go see there so you know today was a good day you know i was on the uh thing charlie baker retweets us uh on the train headed up to boston and uh uh been able to brainstorm some fun ideas uh, those are those are good those are good days well i think one of the thing the key things you just talked about though and mentioned was everyone in the organization was in that meeting whether it be concessions people you didn't have to be in marketing it wasn't just all done by the marketing part and that's one of the beauties right of minor league sports. And this is why I'm always such a big advocate of early in your career, getting a taste of that because it exposes you to more of the business than if you are at the major league level. Because if you take an entry level job in the major league level and you're in ticket sales, you're not being invited to marketing seminars or meetings or discussions across the whole organization. It's just not the way it works. It's just very different. You and I had this conversation a little while ago. It's like, it's just very different. There, there's pros and cons on both, but they're very different where people have really good opinions, whether they're entry-level interns, departments, and might have really good ideas that you might not get from them if you don't bring them into the room and ask them, right? So that's always typically the, the case in minor league sports, that the organization's so tiny in comparison to the major leagues that you need everyone to pitch in, but you're also given a voice, and your voice usually carries the same amount of weight as the director of marketing, no different than if you're just a mascot, because you're seeing everything, you're at the ballpark, you're there every day, no idea is a bad idea, especially in minor leagues, because you kind of can do whatever the hell you want, right? So if people come up with the, the you, some of the better ideas probably didn't even come from the marketing department, I would, I would imagine, in your meeting. Yeah, there's a marketing department of one. She ran the uh, thing. So, <laughs> She's like, please help me. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? So, no, it was it came from everybody, which was, uh, which was, which was fun to see. I just uh, I like those kind of 
big brainstorming meetings and uh, you know if you're in sponsorship sales you have an idea about tickets share it um, I remember one time we were doing this in Scranton and uh, we were trying to come up with our theme like what was our uh, not our theme our catchphrase for the year and uh, the groundskeeper is the one who came up with it it was it was uh, it was our first year we changed our name to the rail riders the electric trolley was invented in Scranton and uh, he goes what about all aboard and I was like done that's amazing print I love print it love, yeah, print yeah. the t-shirts yeah. print the t-shirts yeah we had a big all aboard sign in the outfield and it was like I just loved how it said all like come on join and um, you know what? yeah that was from the that was from the that was from the groundskeeper so you know what else happened today um, Alfonso uh, an intern from Family Sports Management last semester-ish, summer, I don't even know what year, what, what, yeah, summer. So Alfonso came on board in our special events um, department and was helping out with our Liverpool tour that we ran in the U.S. this year, which was at Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, and Notre Dame. And uh, he came back in the office to check out the new digs, just like you, and he came up to me and goes, hey, uh, I was, I'm listening to the podcast, and I just want to let you know, and I kind of told Rob this as well, I was kind of freaking out and stressed out about jobs post-grad because he's a senior now but listening to you guys made me realize it's all going to be okay and it's okay not to know what i exactly want to do because in the end none of us really do and i told, I told him i was like like we're 15 years in and i have to have to ask the same question to myself every single day so don't feel too worried about having to have the exact right opportunity the second you graduate college and don't just rush into an opportunity the first one that comes along you've put all that work in Make sure you set yourself up for success by taking the right job, moving if you need to move, and, and, and using the network you've now built to ask for advice. And like you're not alone, so don't try and solve world's problems by yourself. And it was just great. Like you and I, I think I think episode one mentioned if if one person can say this is all helping me, we've su- succeeded. I think we've now had hundreds of people tell us this is helping them. So that's that's always a great feeling, and I, I think Alfonso. He was he busted his ass when he was with us. He made a great impression, which is why we let him back in the building. Um, huh. And we, now he's even more ingrained because he's a front office features listener. So he's always going to notch more up on my on uh, with the way I'm going to view him. But it's it's good to hear that some of our advice is resonating out there. You know, one of the things that you and I were talking about before was um, it would be great uh, if we had a guest blogger and talk a little bit about. Uh, what they're going through, and then yeah, different perspectives. There could be someone that's been in the business for a while, or someone like Alfonso trying to break into the business for the first time. Right, and if you're interested in doing that, I think the best way to do that is reach out to us through our website, frontofficefeatures.com, or hell, I mean, DM us on Instagram or Twitter. Or, um, or yeah, and, and writing is such an important part of business. No matter, I mean, it doesn't matter what position you have. If you if you can't articulate and write well. Um, it's, you're going to struggle, especially when you're trying to communicate internally, and which is usually the the biggest piece of that. So the more you practice and the more you keep writing on anything you do, it'll be a big life skill. I mean, I know Larry has told you that, right? Larry's big into being able was to write. That's the first thing that we talked about. Right. And, and in the Larry Lucchino, in the Larry Lucchino interview. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested, for sure, reach out. And, uh, we'll, and if you send something in, at the very least, we'll give you feedback and maybe help you work on things and just to keep improving. Uh, it's very different from writing on your social media that you've been doing to then writing emails or blogs or, or, or pieces of articles that are going to be out there for consuming for people to read. Um, I just think it's a, it's a skill set that's probably dwindling that if you are good at it, you'll help. It'll also help separate yourself from the rest of the people. 
Yeah, I uh, I agree, and I would love to be your testing ground, and uh, for people that are listening, uh, we'd love to highlight what you're going through and talk through, um, you know, uh, how we can how we can help. And I think if you share that, I know for a fact whatever you're going through, other people are going through. Uh, it's you don't live in a bubble. So. No, I mean, you, like I told I told Alfonso, you and I go through this 15 years into our career because it's never going to be easy. If there's challenges, no matter, and doesn't, and this goes for any industry, right? It doesn't. It's never going to be easy. So, life happens. Life gets in the way. So, when you're trying to feel like you're you got the weight on your shoulders and you're you're freaking out, take a step back, relax, lay out a plan, stick to it. It'll all work out. It's crazy, and sometimes I think for you and I, we talk about this is we still have probably like thirty years left in our career, right? So. Uh, we might have we might have more than that. Our kids are pretty young. We might have more than that. Our, yeah. our kids are probably still living with a thirty years from now. The way the world's working. Oh boy! But uh, I, I think uh, another another I'm, this is more story time, and we'll talk about more Fenway employees. So, one of our other sales associates who, who graduated, he was a sales associate, not an intern. Peter Morton um, went through this FSM sales associate program for the past year. Has applied to numerous jobs uh, opportunities that he he would he wanted. Wasn't getting them, but I. Kept talking to him. I talked. To, I knew Peter before he took the role here. I was like, "Look, everything seems to happen for a reason. You're going to be a superstar. You're you're great at what you do. What's meant to be will be." Uh, and he, he recently found out uh, a job opportunity with the Bruins was open, and he went for it. And quite frankly, thought he was going to get it, and was probably almost overqualified for it. Didn't get it. Two day, I think two days ago now, he we got a text though. He landed a job with CAA. And oh, wow. for those of you out there who aren't quite familiar with CAA, they are the juggernaut of all things sports and entertainment, right? So like everything you've ever heard about CAA or, or seen about CAA, there isn't an athlete, an actor, actress, director, model, etc., who doesn't go through CAA. It's like they are it. And he is going to be um, the positions the way CAA does it is you start as an assistant on someone's desk, usually a very senior level person learning from them, talking to big brands, doing gigantic deals. But then the cool thing about CAA, which a lot of people might know or not, might not know, is you have to, no matter who you are, do a year in the mailroom out in L.A. Really? No matter what. You must do a year in the mailroom in CAA. So what that means is a script needs to be run over to Russell Crowe's house. That's what you're doing. Or delivering something for Beyonce. Like That's Every single person at CAA has to go through that because everyone there's, there's mailroom stories forever at CAA. So Peter, congratulations! I know he listens. So congratulations, go down to New York, kill it. When you go out to the mailroom, I, we, you're going to be a, one of our guest bloggers because you're going to have stories that we'll probably want to hear. But uh, absolutely, I want to hear those. It's stories. one of those things. Like he was probably freaking out a little bit. We kind of kept me- meeting after he was done the program. We kept helping him, making sure he was on the right track. And now instead of Going awry, he landed one of the best opportunities you could have in sports. I hope Peter kills it. I'm sure he's going to do great. Even under your tutelage, I still think he'll be. Yeah, he'll be. He'll he'll have to figure out how to get out from underneath that and get rid of all the mistakes (laughs) I've taught him. Um, And hopefully, the CAA sets him straight. But no, he's uh, it's just like it goes. But he wanted it. He he kept working. He didn't give up. And I think that's that's kind of like what you just have to realize is it may not happen immediately. And even though it feels like it's taking forever. Now that he's in and he's at CAA, and then this goes for you who are graduating in a few months, you might not have a job April 30th when you graduate. Once you get in, 
all that time in between where you were like sitting around stressed out won't matter and it'll be like it never even happened yeah that's uh that's great advice it's that'll be such a blip on the radar that you won't even remember what was going on no and it's like you you start your career you're off and running and you'll totally forget that you were like hanging to mom and dad's couch eating popcorn and watching movies all day long because all your friends were out working because you wanted to move and do this crazy business that's called sports so there's hope for all of you there's hope for everyone and i think that there's uh, we got in we figured it out oh geez oh man yeah and uh, you know i'm excited uh for for next week uh, i'm anxious to talk to jack tipton of the pittsburgh penguins uh you know the whole reason why we have our first partner in san diego state sports nba program uh i am just uh, I'm, I'm anxious for it i'm anxious to have everyone listen when we release it on tuesday um i'm anxious to show everyone the embarrassing pictures of jack and i and um, it should be great. So, uh, Chris, uh, I hope you have a uh, hope you have a great night, a great weekend, and uh, I'm sure we will talk again soon. Later, up. See you, bud. Bye. Bye.